Welcome to the Wounds of the Faithful podcast, brought to you by DSW Ministries. Your host is singer, songwriter, speaker, and domestic violence advocate, Diana Winkler. She is passionate about helping survivors in the church heal from domestic violence and abuse and trauma. This podcast is not a substitute for professional counseling or qualified medical help. Now, here is Diana. Hello, my friends. How is everyone doing this week? There's a lot going on in my house, but I'm going to save those updates for perhaps next week when it will be just you and I. Today we're going to continue part two of my conversation with Diana Alt, who is a career coach, and she's been helping me with getting a new job. And we had so much fun with part one that I wanted to continue to part two because she has some valuable information. I mean, this stuff is gold on how you guys can get a new job, a new career. And again, why am I covering this on an abuse podcast? Well, the reason is many people will not leave an abusive situation because they don't have a job. They can't provide for themselves or for their families. And so they stay stuck in an abusive relationship. And I don't want that for you. We've already talked about skills. How in the world do I get a job and list my skills and accomplishments when I haven't had a job? I've been a stay-at-home mom, or maybe I've had menial jobs, or volunteer work, or I've been out of the workforce a long time. We've also talked about imposter syndrome. How am I going to apply for a job? I don't feel like I'm qualified. We talk all about that stuff. We started talking about resumes, how to put one together. Does your volunteer work and experience, does that even count? So we're going to continue with resumes and references, a LinkedIn page. How in the world do you ever go on an interview? That can be pretty scary, huh? So we're going to talk about interviewing skills, networking. I also talk about MLMs, multi-level marketing, because it's so very popular to have one right now. I talk about things that you should look out for, some danger signs. We want to help you to earn some money, extra money maybe, but you have to be careful because there are a lot of scams out there. So I won't read her bio again because I want to give or the opportunity to talk as much as possible here. If you haven't heard part one, please go back and listen to part one. Otherwise, you might have missed out on some really important information. So, without further ado, here is my continuing conversation with Diana Alt. And one thing um, maybe you have something to say about is references. How, how would references or... I also highly encourage people, most people need a LinkedIn profile, even if it's not super fancy, even if they're not spending hours on LinkedIn every day, it's good to have a LinkedIn profile. And if you can both ask these references to fill out a recommendation on LinkedIn and be on the list that is allowed, you know, for prospective employers to call them, that is a total win. So four recommendations, three to four recommendations on your LinkedIn from those people, plus 
some phone numbers that a prospective employer can call, you have everything that you need for references. That's awesome advice. I'm saying awesome a lot today. That's the word of the day, folks. That's a great word. I like it. <laughs> I like it. So here's what a lot of people get nervous about. What if I'm somebody who's never been on an interview? I'm super nervous and scared. I mean, what do I say? How do I prepare for that? So there's a couple of ways that you can pre prepare for that. Um, if you are kind of starting from scratch in this situation, a lot of things, something I didn't mention in general earlier on is if people have been fired or they're trying to rejoin the workforce after a period of time, virtually every state and county in the U.S. has some sort of workforce commission that you can go to. You know, for people, a lot of people that have um, been laid off and they've had to collect unemployment are familiar with this because usually when you file for unemployment, you know, you get all these resources. Hey, you can do this to help find a job. Um, but you can look into community colleges who oftentimes have very inexpensive training if you have skill gaps and they have career centers um, and also these workforce centers. Those are some of the top things. Um, you want to practice for interviews and those are all resources that should be able to point you to free or inexpensive ways to practice. I offer mock interview services as part of my coaching practice. It's a little outside the price range for my offering for a lot of people, but you know, sometimes these other resources can do it more inexpensively for folks. Um, a really good thing to think about with interviews though, is telling your story. So two stories, you, two types of stories you want to be able to tell. The first story is who you are. Like the first question in almost any networking setting or interview is tell me about yourself. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it's the worst question ever because no one's wanting to know that you grew up in a small town and when you were five, you had a puppy named Spot and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> they basically want to know what you do, who you serve, and why you're qualified to do it and why that matters for this conversation. So you can say, I want to be a call center, you know, a customer support rep in a call center for pet care or retail or healthcare or whatever industries that you're interested in. I uh, love helping customers and I love learning new systems and I love learning about new products and helping people with that. That's one of your qualifications. I have spent a lot of time working in X, Y, and Z industries or volunteering with A, B, and C to do activities related to customer service or related to helping people all that kind of stuff. You need to um, line it out, be ready to say the answer to that. Tell me about yourself in a way that's professionally relevant and you'll feel much more confident. And you can literally Google, how do I answer? Tell me about yourself. And you can get some really great templates for how to do that. So I encourage people to write that out for themselves and then practice it five to 10 times Make sure that it's two minutes or less when you time it so it doesn't go on forever and ever like I am in this podcast on all these questions. Um, and then you'll feel really comfortable whenever you're in a situation where you have to say it. The other kind of story that you want to be able to tell is the story behind your work experience. That's if you've written the resume the way that I trained to write a resume, you kind of have it already. You just, instead of saying it in two or three lines in a bullet point, you tell the story verbally. 
So a common way to think about answering questions or telling about successes you've had in your work or volunteer activities is what's called the CAR format. And that stands for challenge, action, and result. So what was the challenge? The challenge is the Girl Scout troop needed to sell 5,000 boxes of cookies in order to hit the target so we can meet our budget for the year. What's the action? I coordinated every aspect of our 2021 Girl Scout cookie sales. What's the result? Our troop of 15 girls sold 5,500 boxes and we exceeded our target by 10%. Challenge, action, result. If you can think through your primary pieces of work experience and be able to talk about it in that way, it's great. And if you just Google common interview questions for insert job, you'll learn the questions and then you can write out the answers. It's a little tricky at first if you've never done it. When I very first did this, which was like almost 15 years ago, the first two questions that I tried to set my answers in this format, it took me like a half hour. And then the next couple, it took me like, you know, eight or 10 minutes each. And now this is just how I think. So if I go into an interview, I don't even know. I don't need to know what somebody's going to ask me anymore. I can just talk in those terms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen Glassdoor even. People could put like what the interview is like and yeah. what did they ask? And I've noticed that most of them are, they ask the same stuff. Like what's your story? A lot of them ask the same stuff and it can be hard to go through Glassdoor. So that's why I say, well, if you just pop into Google, you know, common interview questions for project <laughs> manager, common interview questions for account supervisor, you'll get those. And that's a lot faster than trying to dig through Glassdoor. Yeah, Google is your friend. Google is your friend, so. I have interviewed people when I was a lead in my previous position. And uh, so if anybody needs somebody to be uh, a mock mm -hmm. interviewer, I can do that for you. I can yeah, you I mean, we do them all via Zoom now. There's no reason not to. Um, I'm actually terrible when I'm being the candidate in a mock interview. I'm not good at faking, but most of the people I work with do really well. And I have had a couple of people that landed pretty big promotions after they did some practice interviews this year. Um, some of them with me and some of them with other folks. I've had a, I have a couple of people in my community that work for the federal government and the hiring process for the federal government is, it's very particular and structured and I've never worked for the feds. So I, I hooked those folks up and they did some magic and landed a promotion. Cool. Do you want to talk a little bit about education? Like, hey, I want to get a new career, but I mean, how in the world would I go back to school and get a, a, an education for a career that I'd want to do? It's an interesting thing. So there's, there's careers and there's jobs. Okay, so career, the way I look at career is kind of a long-term trajectory within an industry or a certain domain. So for me, I had a 20 year career in IT. I did a lot of different roles and worked for a lot of different places, but I did a 20 year career in IT that was mostly based on my education in college. Um, sometimes though, people are in a situation where in order to get to point Z, where they wanna be, they've gotta do points A, B, C, D, E, F, G. <laughs> and sometimes just getting a good job that you have some skills for is where you start. 
So a, grill, a really great thing to do is to go get a job at a company that offers tuition reimbursement if you can. So going to a company, a lot of times large companies have this, sometimes medium and smaller companies. But if you go get a project coordination job or an admin assistant job at a company that offers tuition reimbursement or professional development budget, that can be a great way for you to progress because you have income coming in, but then you also have this opportunity to go get extra education. Another thing I would tell people to do is go again, look at the workforce um, centers and the community colleges in your area, because nobody knows more about how to get subsidized training or inexpensive training than those two particular places. So mm-hmm. in um, it, it comes and goes, but here in Kansas City, I, I do some teaching, a couple of still IT classes, even a couple of years after I left IT, I still do teach some classes for the local community college related to agile software development. And I've had people that were able to attend that class because the workforce center had a budget for skills retraining. And these were people that had lost their jobs or were trying to re-enter the workforce. So there's all kinds of programs going on where you might be able to get access to inexpensive training. And those are the top two places I'd go. Yeah, you're right about the the tuition reimbursement. Mm -hmm. The reason why I am a pharmacy technician is because Walgreens paid for for not only my education, to become a pharmacy tech, but they also paid for my certification. Yeah, one thing also, I was I get massages fairly regularly for my local Massage Envy, and a lot of the franchise owners for places like Massage Envy and Zen Massage and stuff like that, they are paying for people to go to school. There's actually a shortage of massage therapists, nail techs, and estheticians right now because a lot of the schools shut down during coronavirus mm-hmm. and some of them have reopened. Some of them have reopened with limited spots. Um, some people just feel like, yeah, I want to do this and there's a school, but I don't have the budget. And so sometimes employees are paying for training and that hasn't been the case for a long time. You know, mm-hmm. this, the trend for 20 years in the U S has been that employers want to hire people that already have, basic skills, or in some cases, advanced skills, and then they want to spend their training just on what that company's processes are, or that company's products are. They want a shortcut just training you how to be a project manager, instead focus on how to be a project manager at Acme Corporation. But like I said, if you want to to be a massage therapist, go see if a massage place is hiring, and if they are paying all, all or part of that tuition, and that may be your path into a new industry. So I don't know I'm sure there's other places that have had the same thing, but, um, and a really weird one. Now this can, depending on your childcare needs, this can get a little dodgy, but waiting tables can be very lucrative, especially if you're a very friendly person. So even though you might have that career trajectory job, I want to go become a nurse. I want to become a dental hygienist. I want to become a lawyer, something that requires a lot of education Sometimes just going and waiting tables three nights a week and getting tips and cash can be the kind of thing that helps get you stabilized so then you can go figure out what do I want to do next, which is why I say 
there's the career that you want. And then there's maybe that job you have to do that's step A and B. Yeah, I've been through a lot of career transitions and a lot of um, unemployment. I have never waited tables though, which is interesting, but I haven't waited tables since college. And I have a couple of restaurants around me that I really love to go to. And they're doing better now, but I almost thought about going and getting a job just like two nights a week because I like the restaurants and it was a way to get out of the house. I ultimately didn't end up choosing to do that because I had some other stuff going on, but I have, uh, I have friends that have $80,000 a year and they just like tending bar. (laughs) They tend bar a couple nights a week. I couldn't do it because bartenders work late, but anyway, you can get a little bit creative. Like who cares? It's if you, if you take a job waiting tables while you're in, you know, nursing school or taking a computer programming class or something like that, you don't have to put that job on your resume. Because the most important thing, if you're trying to go be a software developer, is the time you spent in school. <laughs> it's not the time you spent flinging chicken wings at the local pub. So you can do little incremental jobs. It doesn't ruin your resume. It can get you out of the house. It can get you a little bit of extra cash in your pocket if you need to. Um, But yeah, that's kind of my scoop on just trying to go from nothing or feeling like there's nothing into where you want to be in a couple of years or six months, 12 months, two years, however long it takes. Yeah, my go-to job was cleaning houses. I cleaned houses for many years. That's how I got through college myself. And I was good at it. And people liked me. um, I was reliable. I showed up one time. And so whenever I'd lost my job, I would go and ask a few friends, hey, can I clean your house or uh, call my old clients up? It's possible. I went to school at night and I worked during the day. I think I also did, I did nannying and I did uh, elder care and I lived in their house. And so there was a lot of downtime where I had time to study because, mm. okay, you're just a companion or you do the dishes or you, you know, do some housework or go get their groceries. But you had a lot of downtime where kids were taking a nap or whatever and I could study yeah that was my experience well and today a lot of times with I think that elder care job is a really great idea and I knew of another person that did that basically their their mom's best friend didn't have any family living in the city anymore and so she lived with her mom's best friend while she was going to college and did all the exact same thing her mom got along okay she just needed someone around a little bit more before she moved into an assisted living So that's a really great suggestion. And there's always like the Uber, Uber Eats, DoorDash, like those kinds of things. I've never done that. And, you know, depending on how busy it is in your area, you know, the money is, is not necessarily steady, but the hours and the flexibility are huge for those kinds of things. So you can do that kind of stuff so that you've got a little bit of money coming in and you can get stuff saved up to to leave a situation or to pay for some schooling or whatever. Another thing I want to raise is that sometimes people with education or training or certifications, they'll get this idea that they have to go straight to the Cadillac version of whatever that is. So for example, if you want to become a nurse and you don't have any healthcare background, people will think, oh my gosh, well, I'm going to have to go get a bachelor's degree 
in chemistry and then get my nursing certification and all these different things when really what you could go do is spend less than a year first on a CNA program and then you can go to work in a nursing home or a hospital that may pay for you to go get additional education and then you just work your way up until eventually you're a registered nurse with a BSN. It could take you a few years but if you're going to spend a few years doing something and you know for a fact that yes I want to be a nurse there's like that's that's a path a lot of people go through and in some cases it can help you have a leg up getting into the good nursing school programs that you were the CNA as compared to the kid that went to college and got their bachelor's degree but they didn't have any clinical experience or real world, real world knowledge about nursing so yeah, medical assistants along the same lines. Yeah, same kind of thing, transcription. There's so many fields like that that have entry-level administrative roles, and then you can grow into a clinical role or a higher-level management role within healthcare. So Yeah, I've got some really close friends that were CNAs, and they said they're begging for people. Yeah, they are. And another area that I see it in is in IT. So I've worked with a lot of people that are project managers and the gold standard certification in the U.S. for project managers is called the PMP, Project Management Professional. You have to have quite a lot of training, quite a lot of experience in order to get that. And people will get discouraged because they think, oh, I can't get a job. I don't have a PMP. And then the, or they will look at here's the training and oh, my gosh, this technical training company they want $2,500 for the week-long class that's required to be the PMP but here's the thing most companies will say certifications are preferred they help and most people working there have them but if you show some initiative towards that goal that means just as much in a lot of situations especially if you're not trying to be the senior person in charge of all the product man project managers in the whole company I talked to someone recently that was concerned about they were going to have to pay like $1,500 for a week long, a week of training or four days of training, something like that, to meet the requirement for a certification they're interested in. And then I said, go check Udemy. And they found an intro course that was like the first day or two in content for $15. Now, is that going to count whenever they try to go get the big certification later? I don't know. But they spent $15. They learned some stuff. They can put it on their resume. And then they can get a job so that if they want the more expensive tra training later, they have the budget for it. So you can pick up skills and understanding some really inexpensive ways if you know where to look. So Coursera, Udemy are two things. And also LinkedIn Learning. And I think on LinkedIn, you may have to be a premium member, which is like 40 bucks a month or something like that in order to use their LinkedIn learning. So you have to kind of search and decide if that's worth it. But yeah, there's all kinds, and there's all kinds of stuff on all of those platforms to learn skills. YouTube University. <laughs> well, the beauty, YouTube University is great too, but one of the great things about using one of those course portals um, is that it's trackable. A lot of times um, trainers that have their own consulting businesses, the, in many cases, the same trainer that you would spend $2,500 to go be in their live class 
is doing the $100 class on Udemy. They just recorded it. You don't have access to ask them questions the same way, but they recorded it and they've gone through a process where you know, they have noted these hours count or this class is approved by XYZ professional organization. Um, and it's the exact same trainers. So there's a lot of really good ways to get inexpensive training. Wow, those are excellent suggestions I forgot about, to be honest. I know. I haven't taken a Udemy course in a few years. Um, I think I've been more focused. I've been more focused on getting coaching for my business than I have been getting skills training, but there's a lot of good stuff there. You've uh, given us so much valuable content today. One thing that I wanted to talk about for just a minute, if you'd be okay with it, yeah, is, you know, a lot of times when you're in a situation where you're trying to remove yourself from a bad scenario, you're trying to remove yourself from a marriage that's negative, you're trying to figure out how to go back to work, even if you're in a happy marriage, it's scary to try to figure out how to go back to work. Um, or it's try to it's scary to figure out how to change. So a big question that people have is how do I know that I'm going to walk into something that's not worse than where I started? Yeah. And so there are, to me, there are four pillars to ideal work and they are, you're doing the right work. You're working for the right leader. You have the right environment and flexibility and the company culture is in line enough with your values for you. So for the right work, a lot of times people know what to do. Sometimes they don't. And one of the things I do is help people figure out like, what should that next job be? But if you just simply sit down and think about with jobs I've done, volunteer work that I've done, all the, all those kinds of places where I've put my effort in, what are tasks that energize me and make me feel like, you know, I can't even believe time passed. I feel really productive and excited about this. What are those things that you love to do? And what are the things that you hate to do? And if you do that, you're ahead of most people because most people just have a job title and they apply for another job with the same job title or they apply for senior whatever or they apply to be manager of whatever. Um, if you really sit and think about, I like to do these things, I hate to do these things, and then you start looking at job descriptions and talking to people, you can figure out, these are the kinds of jobs that do the stuff I like, period. That's a huge thing towards happiness at work. As far as leadership is concerned, think about prior bosses that you've had and what you liked and didn't like, what works well for you. Do you need to be able to talk to your boss every day and, you know, really brainstorm about projects? Or do you need your boss to tell you on Monday what is expected to get done for the week and then leave you alone until Friday and trust that you're going to get it done? Um, neither is wrong, but you need to know which kind of boss that you want so that when you go on interviews, you can ask questions, what's your management style like? What is it going to be like to work, work together? And you can figure out if a boss is going to be good or bad for you. Then on environment, I think, I think moms are pretty good at knowing this, but knowing what are my flexibility needs is huge. Do I need to work from home? Do I need to work only do, during school hours? You know, do I need to um, be within 15 minute commute? Do I need to be within public transportation because I don't have a car? All those things that you need in order to make going to work work mm -hmm. or working at home work. You need to um, write all of that down and then also get really familiar with what your skills are worth 
And there's a lot of different compensation websites. You can figure out what customer service reps should make and all that kind of stuff and ask a lot of people questions, but figure out what your pay should be and figure out what you need in order to make work work in your life. A lot of that is just stuff you already know. You just should write it down so you stick to it. Um, but that's the third thing. And then the final thing is um, company culture. And depending on your situation, this part can be very important or less important, but I define culture as values in action. So if you, if it's very important that there's a high degree of integrity, that um, companies are family friendly, that they are not, uh, that they're friendly to women or they have women in leadership, those types of things, write down what's important to you about values for your new company. And that way you can ask questions about, well, what do you do to support women in the work? What do you do? You say you're family friendly. What happens at the company that makes you say that you're family friendly? What's an example of something that someone on your team has gone through where you show that you're family friendly? And then you can figure out, oh, well, not only am I going to like the work, not only does the boss seem great, not only is it close enough to my house and the right amount of money, but also I know that they practice what they preach. So those are things to think about. And if you're just reentering the workforce, you might not be able to get all four of those perfect. But if you're constantly thinking about those four dimensions, you can better yourself with every promotion and with every new job. We want to go from surviving in our lives to thriving in our lives. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you just got to have the money be right and you got to have the boss not be a complete jerk. And that's good enough for that that first little while. And then you want to start getting into, I'm challenged and happy with my work and my boss is great. And all the other things are in line. That's the goal. Because when you're work, it's very hard for your life to be happy, the rest of your life to be happy, if your work life isn't happy. Mm -hmm. Wow, folks, Diana always brings extra yeah. to the to the party. So, so tell the folks they how can to get find it. me. Yes. Okay. I'm assuming some of this she'll put in show notes. All of it. But, uh, <laughs> my website is dianaalt.com. It's Diana with one N, D-I-A-N-A-A-L-T. So you can go on there, check out uh, a little bit about me. I have a contact us form. You can also just straight email me at Diana at DianaAlt.com. I gave uh, Diana Winkler my, I've said the word Diana more in the last <laughs> than you ever thought possible. But um, my LinkedIn and my Facebook, um, if you can put those in the show notes, that would be great. But for those of you that are really not confident about your resume, a lot of times that's a really good um, thing to learn about early once you've said, I think I'm going to go try to get this kind of job. It's howtorockyourresume.com is where you can go to find out more about that. And if for some reason that's an issue or you have more questions about that class, just shoot me an email. Great. Oh, I so appreciate you coming on the show today and talking with our listeners. You are above the rest. You offer so much value. You give a lot of extra, a lot of free stuff. I mean, your Facebook group is really awesome. I'd like to yes. encourage people to, to go on the Facebook group. You can get to know Diana that way too. That's how I got oh, to yes. know her. You know, the best way to do that, and also if you want to join my email list, if you go to dianateaches.com, I have a little freebie on there right now. It is a resume don'ts guide, six things to not put on your, to make sure that are not on your resume. 
and you'll get added to my email list. I send things out weekly and also it'll give you a link to go and join my Facebook group. I'll have all that in the show notes for everybody and be sure to reach out to her. She will help you. This will change your life. Oh, thank you. Have a new career and new confidence. Thanks again for coming on the show and uh, happy new year. Thanks. Okay, folks, I hope that you enjoyed this time with Diana Alt today. I'm not kidding. She is very good at her job and what she does. Consider reaching out to her. Some other suggestions for jobs. Um, I know we, we kind of sort of talked about MLMs. I'm going to say this seriously is don't join an MLM that forces you to buy product ever that's a huge red flag. Don't do it. Stick with the MLMs. And if you don't know what that means, it's multi-level marketing. It's it's a, selling a product and you have somebody above you that's your boss that makes money off of your sales. And then you can eventually have a down, what we call a downline, where you can also hire your own employees to sell and you would get a piece of the sale from them. So not necessarily evil, but there are some out there that are really bad and need to be careful. Stick with ones that have been around for a long time, like Avon, Tupperware. Okay, back in the day, there was Amway. I don't think Amway exists anymore, but you know, Pampered Chef, those are safe. I did Cutco back in the day. I did a lot of MLMs. Some of them were really cheesy and I should probably do a whole podcast on MLMs. You'll hear some of it in my story, but stick with the ones that have been around a long time and have a track record and they're now internet-based where they drop ship things instead of having you store 20 bottles of some vitamin drink. A lot of the scams have to do with health or you have to buy packaged foods or, you know, some energy drink, some overpriced vitamin. I'm not saying all the products are bad, don't send me hateful emails, uh, but I've been through a lot of those where I did not make any money and I had gotten stuck with these products that I couldn't sell because they really didn't give me any energy after I drank them or these vitamins that supposedly would transform your health really didn't do it. Or my most recent MLM, which was my last one, was um, a weight loss one. That's kind of common too, is they wanted me to purchase these special foods for weight loss. I don't even remember the name of the company. And they said, they, if you follow this plan and you order these products, then, you know, you'll lose all this weight. Um, no. So when I got, I got the products in the mail and I looked at the ingredients and I thought, and a lot of it was junk food, these fancy pretzels that were supposedly more nutritious for you than just going out and buying pretzels at the store. A lot of the products had like soy ingredients. Soy is not a health food. It doesn't belong in any products that you're eating. I think it's healthier for me to learn how to read nutrition labels on things and learn how to count my calories and eat less, exercise more, how to um, focus on nutrition, the four food groups, and eating more vegetables, less junk food is probably going to help me get me to the goal rather than extreme um, exercise or eating some weird foods. I'm not talking about Weight Watchers. Weight Watchers has helped a lot of people. Um, like I said, not all MLMs are bad. They can help you get some income. You can do it while you're watching your kids. Uh, there are a lot of other 
businesses you can work from home just be careful run it by somebody to evaluate whether okay is that a scam or is that an, a legitimate business opportunity where you can actually earn money and they're not taking advantage of you you want me to help you in any way with all the stuff that diana has said you want to look at my resume i'll send it to you if you want some help diana gave great information some gold to somebody you can trust. I'll leave the rest of it to the reviews that I did for her. I'll post the links. If you want to know more about my experience, you'll hear how I got out and what my challenges were. Even though I did have gills, it wasn't easy for me either. You needed it. Be sure to share this episode, please, 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 with somebody that you know that could benefit from this information. So until next week, God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to the Wounds of the Faithful podcast. If this episode has been helpful to you, please hit the subscribe button and tell a friend. You can connect with us at dswministries.org, where you'll find our blog along with our Facebook Twitter, and our YouTube channel links. Hope to see you next week.